You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. My name is Todd Lesher, and today I'm rolling solo on the podcast. And since we're in the midst of the Christmas season, I thought we'd talk about the Christmas season. So Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you all have a great holiday with your family. So I have one question for our time together, and that is, what do you want your kids to remember about Christmas? What do you want your kids to remember about Christmas? See, the Christmas season thrives on memories and advertising, let's be honest, but it is so easy for me to think of Christmas memories off the top of my head, both the happy memories and some of the not-so-happy memories. I have both, and I'll actually share a few along the way, but have you ever thought about why Christmas is so memorable in the first place? Well, if you think about it, you know that Christmas engages the brain through our senses, through stories, and experiences. Christmas is so tangible from the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feel of opening presents and holding hot chocolate, and the abundance of Christmas tastes. Christmas was made for memories. There's an author named Daniel Levitin, and I I read one of his books this year called The Organized Mind, and it's helped me understand why some things are more memorable than others. And so he writes in his book that the two most important roles are that the best remembered experiences are distinctive slash unique or have a strong emotional component. He goes on to say, events or experiences that are out of the ordinary tend to be remembered better because there is nothing competing with them when your brain tries to access them from its storehouse of remembered events. Levitin goes on, if something made us incredibly frightened, elated, sad, or angry, which are four of the primary human emotions, we're more more likely to remember it. This is because the brain creates neurochemical tags or markers that accompany the experience and cause it to become labeled as important. Now, Daniel Levitin is a neuroscientist, a psychologist, but if we put it in everyday terms, Christmas is important to a lot of people because it is unique and emotional. Christmas is unique and emotional. One of the most unique and emotional Christmas memories I have was the time our Christmas tree fell over, ornaments and all, right in the middle of our living room. So I called my brother, Brett, he's a couple years younger than me, and I asked him to record his recollection of the memory for your enjoyment. So here's my brother, B. Lesh. The story of the Christmas tree falling over Let's see, we were elementary school aged. I'd say I was probably eight years old, seven years old, and a little back history on Christmas tree shopping. It was a much more sacred event for me than I think anybody else in my extended family. Uh, for some reason, I romanticized the idea of, of stepping out into the stark cold um, Christmas tree farm, walking every single row because I felt like I built a relationship over the years with each individual tree. So I knew them by name and they stared at me in different ways than they uh, stared or interacted with the rest of my family. So I felt like I was a chosen one uh, amongst the Christmas tree community. So I would take my time 
I'd, I'd walk across the Christmas tree farm as the sun is setting in the background. We are uh, the sole family remaining in the Christmas tree farm fields. I think the Christmas tree farm staff have already left long ago for uh, the evening to find warmth. Uh, and so I'm just walking up and down these long aisles of Christmas trees uh, while my parents and my brother are just waiting, clustered in a group, probably trying to generate body warmth as I elongate the process of selecting the perfect tree that God is calling me to select. And so we selected one that particular year. We drag it back to the car, hoist it on top of the roof, and we drive off to everybody's chagrin uh, save my cheer that I have selected the right tree for that year that will heighten our Christmas experience. So we bring the tree home, and my dad always had the responsibility of, of chopping off a couple inches of the trunk, so he chopped it off. It may have been cut a little too low, um, or it was uneven so it was cut at a slant so he brings it in it's not not fitting into the tree stand there might not be enough trunk to anchor in with the side bolts that you crank manually and so he sets it in there it's supposed to be a joyous occasion the welcoming home of the per perfect christmas tree that we've adopted into our family and uh and and he puts it up there this big bay window overlooking the cul-de-sac that we grew up in and with the family standing around awaiting the great ribbon cutting ceremony uh, of balancing and truing the Christmas tree. So he sets it in the stand uh, and we're putting all the ornaments on, which probably took an hour long. I mean, we had countless ornaments throughout the years, crafted ornaments when we were much younger, um, ornaments given to us, ornaments from... Uh, our parents' relationship uh, before we were even born. And so it took a long time spinning the garland around, you know, working the, the lighted Christmas strings uh, and putting the 1980 uh, lace and satin angel at the very top. And so thought, we thought we were in the clear. Everything was great. We had never had a, a tree topple on us before. And as we get back to our conversation and enjoying the moment, we hear this crash and the Christmas tree falls to the floor. Uh, it kind of jolted from, from the wall. Ornaments are going everywhere. You know, the lights are getting tangled up. And uh, so my mom starts screaming in the background. Uh, you know, Christmas essentially is ruined through her emotion. And what are we going to do now? You can't have Christmas without a Christmas tree. So... Uh, my dad was so good at covering up his uh, his own, you know, disappointment, and he just took it to action. So, well, he took us to the streets and put us kids in the back seat, and we drove uh, down what was it, Connecticut Avenue uh, to Georgia Avenue in Maryland, and there was a 
Pet Cemetery. I will never forget it. It was, it was at a major intersection, this small little pet cemetery, and they happened to be selling Christmas trees um, from the curb. So not only did we, or in my opinion, that I feel like we were stooping low because the romantic uh, perspective was going out to a Christmas tree farm, pacing up and down every single aisle, selecting the right tree, uh, dragging it home. Um, but we were here at this pet cemetery um, buying a already packaged Christmas tree that I felt was so void of any life relationship or connection with my soul. Um, so I, I just remember walking around looking at the pet cemetery gravestones and my dad quickly picked a tree. It was tied to the top of the roof and, and we were home. He set it in the stand. Uh, we redecorated the tree and um, the rest is history. Well, we laugh about it now, but that was a tense moment. Not much Christmas cheer in the Lesher house that night, for sure. But the experience was unique and emotional, and I can still remember it 25 years later. Memories are going to be made, but the joyful memories and the painful memories. But I, I want us to circle back to the question I was asking at the beginning. What do you want your kids to remember about Christmas? What do you want your kids to remember about Christmas? You see, they're going to remember something. So we have to be intentional with the things we want them to remember. So here are a couple thoughts to consider. This Christmas, create traditions, share experiences, and initiate conversations. Create traditions, share experiences, and initiate conversations. So first, create traditions. Have you created a Christmas tradition with your family? You probably have. Some we just carry on from when we grew up or what our parent did for us. But there are some people that I know who go to see a new Christmas movie on Christmas Day. Or some people serve meals to the homeless. Some people add a new inflatable Christmas decoration to their yard each year. Think about the traditions you have. Do you know why you have them? Do your kids know why you have them? What tradition can you start this year? Then mark your calendar for the next year to keep the tradition going. I saw a quote from the author John Acuff that said, Sometimes we speed through the holidays because we don't have any traditions. A good tradition is like a speed bump. It slows you down and reminds you of years gone by. It pauses you and quiets the moment. I really like that. Their traditions help us to slow down because we all know that Christmas in particular is here and gone in a flash, especially when everybody is opening their presents and then you look around at the mayhem and it's like, whoa, we spent all this time building up to this moment and now it's over and now we have to wait 365 more days for it to happen again. I like what he says. A good tradition is like a speed bump. It slows you down and reminds, me, reminds you of years gone by. It reminds you of what matters most if we can stop and remember. So create those traditions as a family. The next idea is to share experiences. One thing that my wife and I have to remind ourselves and our kids over and over again, especially around this time and around birthdays, is that people are more important than things. People are more important than things. But we all know that the truth is that things are easier than people. You can't turn people off. You can't return them and you can't replace them. And we all know that people matter more than that. They deserve better. 
And if your kids are like mine, their wish lists are full of stuff. So have you thought about giving your kids an experience this year? We all know that they're going to get tired of that toy. They're going to beat the video game and stuff is going to break. But if what Daniel Levitin said a little bit earlier, if it's about unique and emotional experiences, those will be memorable. So as you think about Christmas gifts this year, and I'm sure you've already probably done a lot of your shopping, Black Friday is over and gone. But as you're thinking about it, maybe think about buying an experience for your kids. And if you don't have the money to do that, that's okay. You can still create an experience together. Or just plan an experience to share together. It doesn't have to be massive. It just has to be intentional. So when you share these experiences, try to be as present as possible. Sometimes we'll have to put down our technology so that we can share the moment together. Ask your kids for engagement and participation. You know, ask them to take their earbuds out or to, to turn and to participate with those involved. And do your best to capture it, to remember it. Yeah, maybe you want to post it on Instagram or Facebook, but it's really about what you share together. So if you share an experience together, make sure that you capture it. Get your, your phone out. If you still have a camera, if those are still a thing, uh, get your camera out and take a picture to capture the moment so that you can hold on to it and come back to it and said, this happened, this was meaningful, this was memorable, and it shaped us in a particular way. One thing you might want your kids to experience is the practice of giving things away, just to emphasize that people are more important than things. So it might be a discipline in the practice of generosity that when they get something new, a toy or an item of clothing that they haven't played with or haven't worn in a year or so, it's time to give that to someone else for them to play with, for them to read, for them to enjoy. It's just a healthy boundary. It's a healthy practice for them to incorporate into their lives as they grow up. Because we all know that Christmas has the ability to cause us to think that the world revolves around us. And so if we can shift their perspective just a little bit by going, hey, people matter more than things. And one of the ways we can demonstrate that is by giving some of our things away or buying presents for someone else. And there are a number of opportunities like that. So we all know that stuff makes our kids happy. And there is no problem with giving your kids gifts. But let's just be realistic to the fact that happiness when it comes to gifts is momentary. And they may play with it for a while, but stuff will make them happy for a moment. But shared experiences have the power to last a lifetime as something that you look back on as a wonderful moment that you had together. So we have create traditions, share experiences. And then the last idea to consider this Christmas is to initiate conversations. You see, conversations are key around Christmas. They help kids process the unique and emotional aspects of the holiday that will give them a fuller understanding of what's taking place throughout the Christmas season. So your kids, we all know that our kids are going to talk about the toys. So we have to be intentional about the other aspects of Christmas as well. Like think about talking about the meaning of the songs we sing or the origin of the Santa Claus. 
the meaning of words like Advent, Nativity, Noel, and the importance of being grateful and mindful of others. Christmas provides special moments to talk about more than what they want under the tree. This is especially true when it comes to making Jesus the priority of your Christmas, which is what we want to be about as a church, and we pray and hope that you're able to do this as the spiritual leaders of your family. We know that Christmas can have a way of burying Jesus under all the presents that can cause us to forget that Christmas exists because of him in the first place. Here's, here's a story I want to share with you. Um, I don't know if you know this. I don't really come out there and tell many people, but my birthday is on Christmas Day. Yes, if you don't believe me, I'll show you my driver's license at some point. But here's the crazy thing. Not only is my birthday on Christmas, but my mom's birthday is on Christmas Eve, and my mom's sister's birthday is on December 23rd. So every year, my mom's family would get together at my grandmother's house, Graham Spratt, and we would all hang out in her basement, it was like 30 of us down there, and we would all open presents, and then we'd eat a meal together. But after the meal, it, it felt like almost every single year. So remember, this is on Christmas Day. After the meal, someone would walk out with a cake, you know, hundreds of candles lit on this cake, and everybody would start singing happy birthday. And this was a, a moment of temporary joy for me because I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they're celebrating my birthday on my birthday. So as they were going through the happy birthday song, they would end up singing happy birthday, Pam and Nancy, happy birthday to you. And I just wanted to be like, hey, wait, everybody, wait a sec. This is my birthday that you're celebrating someone else's birthday on. Now, I get it. Their birthdays were a day and two days before, but without fail, my name was never on the cake. And this is just something that I had to grow up with. Even when I talk to people today and I'll tell them my birthday's on Christmas, they'll be like, whoa, that's really cool. Oh, man, that must stink. And it, that happens just simultaneously. But the truth is, we celebrate Christmas because of Jesus's birthday. So I really can't compare. I really can't compete with Jesus. It's the, the day has really never been about me and not just a birthday cake without my name on it, but the birth of Jesus has really emphasized the fact that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ. And making Christmas about Jesus is the good work of parenting kids during Christmas time. It is marvelous work when we are able to say, hey, presents are fine, but let us not forget that God came to earth in the form of a baby named Jesus to save us. I love what my friend Paula Forte from the Noda campus of Forest Hill says. She wrote in her blog, purposeoverrules.org, saying, parenting is not solely about what we can give our kids monetarily, although that has its place. She goes on and says, as Christian parents, it is most incumbent on us to give them a language to communicate with God that is louder than everything else that is screaming at them in society. One of the best gifts that we can give our kids is the fact that they can have a personal relationship with the God who created them, that came to earth to save them and reigns over the universe in their lives. 
some of the big ideas around Christmas is that Christmas is about incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection. To say it a little more simply is incarnation is about purpose and mission, that God took on human flesh in the man Jesus so that he could forgive us on the cross and then give us abundant life through resurrection. So Christmas is about purpose and mission and forgiveness and abundant life. Imagine for a moment the unique and emotional experience of those involved in the birth of Jesus. The shepherds, the wise men, and Mary and Joseph must have talked about Jesus' birth for years and years. And we can make the birth of Jesus just as memorable for our kids as well. Something that we talk about at Forest Hill with the family ministry is that we want all of our environments and experiences for kids and students and their families to be age and phase appropriate. So in the preschool phase, we want to incite wonder. In the elementary phase, we want to help them to discover God. And in the middle school and high school phase, we want to engage their passions. And so when we think about the preschool age and the Christmas story, how can we incite wonder for the birth of Jesus? I was uh, with my five-year-old, who is still in preschool, and he was looking out our kitchen window at our neighbor's house, and they have a very bright spotlight in their backyard. And he said, hey, Dad, look, it's the star of Bethlehem that shone when Jesus was born. And this was a great chance to initiate conversation about the Christmas story. And we were able to say, what do you think it was like? What do you think the star looked like? Do you think it illuminated the town of Bethlehem? Do you think it looks a gigantic spotlight? And so we were able to have one of those conversations to incite some of that wonder for the moment of Jesus's birth. Another way to uh, emphasize the birth of Jesus with a preschooler is to actually celebrate Jesus's birthday. Little kids love birthdays. I hope everybody loves birthdays. But when it comes to little kids, this is a good chance for us to go, hey, who is this party for? Oh, it's for Jesus, because we're celebrating his birthday as well. When you think about your elementary school kids in that discovery phase, you can start to engage their curiosity and just start asking curious questions. You know, there is a song called We Three Kings, which we get mixed up in the story of the wise men. And so the, the story in the book of Matthew and Luke does not say it was three wise men. It says wise men traveled from the east, but they gave three gifts. So we just assume, oh, it was three wise men. But it was probably a group of wise people, maybe even men and women, who did give three gifts. So ask a question, what do you think the gifts meant? Gold, frankincense, is myrrh. I don't know if any of your kids have that on their list this year, but they are loaded with meaning. And so that's something that you and your kids can explore when it comes to the Christmas story. And then when you're thinking about your middle schoolers and high schoolers, as they transition from that discovery phase into, okay, what does the Christmas story mean for my life? What can I do with it? We can't go back in time. And does it mean we just take care of babies? Well, yes, Jesus was just as sacred as every other child who has been born, but there is the Christmas story is loaded with so much meaning and significance for those who are ready to engage their passions to make a difference in the world. So when you think about incarnation, if it's about mission and purpose, that God went on mission to save the world, then your kids can live an incarnate life. They can go on mission in their neighborhood, in their schools, 
in any sort of group or club or sports team that they're a part of, they can have a purpose in the midst of what they participate in. And they can embody the love, the mission, the sacrifice of Jesus wherever they go, which is very much carrying the Christmas story with them throughout the year, not just in December. And there are a few key times to talk about the Christmas story that you can capitalize on. We talk about car time, bedtime, bath time with little kids, meal time, and even decorating time. So in our parent cue material that we pass out each weekend, they talk about these key times to talk about, to initiate conversations with your kids. So car time, when we drive through the neighborhood, you're able to point out the lights and just talk about the Christmas season. It's a great choice, a chance to kind of ooh and ah on everything that's decorated throughout town. Uh, maybe at bedtime, this is a great opportunity to read age and phase appropriate stories of Jesus's birth, whether that's in the Jesus Storybook Bible or a version app. The version Bible app has some great devotions that you can do as a family. And then there's a kid's version of the of version as well that has some interactive games and activities that you can play. And there's one for the nativity story as well. There's bath time for little kids when you can sing Christmas songs together and ask questions like, did Jesus even take a bath? Did he need to? Was he always clean? Did he always smell like ivory soap? I don't know. And then there's mealtime where you're just having a conversation and you can either you know, light Advent candles and talk about peace and hope and joy and love, those, those virtues that Jesus came to bring us through his life, death, and resurrection, or decorating time. Just have fun together as a family decorating the house, whether it's their room or if you are a family who sets up a tree in their home, or if you just, you know, kind of spread the house or inside or out or the yard with decorations. Maybe you're a family who decorates your car and you put, you know, reindeer antlers on the roof of your car. Just make that a memorable moment for you to have those conversations together. There's another author who writes about the brain. You can tell I'm kind of uh, obsessed with brain development and everything like that. But his name is Daniel Siegel, and he wrote an incredible book called The Whole Brain Child, in which he says, self and family and community are fundamentally connected neurologically. Even in our busy, driven, and often isolated lives, we can remember this fundamental reality that we're all interdependent and connected with one another. And I think what this emphasizes is that relationship and experiences change lives. Remember, toys and gadgets are fun for a moment, and they're great, but it's really relationships and experiences that change lives. God has given you your children to influence their life and faith. Daniel Siegel goes on to say, it's not your responsibility to avoid all mistakes, any more than you're supposed to remove all obstacles your children face. Instead, your job is to be present with your children and connect them and to connect with them through the ups and downs of life's journey. And I would add, even amidst the lights and sounds of Christmas. I hope you're able to help your kids find Jesus this year. What do you want them to remember about Christmas? Thanks so much for listening. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this time together. We thank you for Christmas. It is a gift to us that we would be able to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And it wasn't just a birth, it was a life for our lives that he came to save us, to forgive us, to redeem us, to restore us back to God, our creator. And we pray that 
our families would be able to help their kids find Jesus amidst the Christmas season because it really is all about him. It exists because of him. And I pray that Christmas would be, would be full of great memories that they share together, even some of those hard ones that they, that they experience as well, that they would know that you are a good God who redeems our lives. So thank you for Christmas. I pray for a happy new year as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.